Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Happy Thursday, podcast listeners. Um, It is December 14th. Uh, We are getting dangerously close to halfway through the month and even closer to Christmas, mm-hmm. um, which is almost scary. So hopefully y'all are taking this as your heads up. You don't have many days <laughs> left <laughs> to finish all of your preparation for whatever you do. Um, but I'm Kim Hauer, and Andrea Marietta is with me this week. Um, Thursdays are our day. We talk about what we're thankful for. Mm-hmm. So after lengthy discussion... What do you got, Andrea? What you thankful for? Um, <clears throat> I know we've had this conversation before about gratitude. Mm-hmm. It's usually easy for me to come up with things. And um, I really do mean it, even though I get so tired of doing what seem like endless dishes every day. I'm grateful for like healthy food on the table. And then we have dishes that we get to eat off of and meals we get to have together. So Mm -hmm. um, for whatever reason, I, even though I am a realist, I am kind of an optimist in a way that I, it's pretty easy for me to come up with things that I'm grateful for. And um, I try to kind of cultivate that through a worldview and a historical view of what we have versus others and time and places and history. So mm-hmm. um, I guess it's and when you look at it that way, there's always something to be grateful for. So um, as we near the Christmas season, I am grateful for traditions and just special moments with family and that we're healthy enough to do them and um, can afford to put some tr- gifts under the tree and things like that. So I'm grateful for the ways we get to celebrate this holiday season. That's one that sticks out to me. Oh, that's a good one. I told you I wouldn't copy you. (laughs) I also said I wasn't going to say I was thankful for fish. And I'm not good at this. So I'm I'm, I'm acknowledging I feel like a grateful person. Mm -hmm. But I don't like canned responses. Though those are usually the first ones that come to my mind because I'm not a deep thinker. Okay. Um, There I have it right there. Bam. Right just now. So I'm going to say I am thankful for actually in my opinion the gift of not always having to think deeply Mm -hmm. um i have often said that like sometimes my lack of memory is probably one of my greatest gifts i say that too about mine yeah absolutely you forgive really quickly you do Uh and it's hard to hold a grudge because you can't remember that's true um so i'm grateful for that (laughs) for my kids may not be so thrilled when I actually do have Alzheimer's <laughs> at like the age of 60 or younger, but whatever, they'll be fine. Um, so that was one of them. And then as I was thinking, um, so not just the lack of memory, but I do think there are so many times I, I'm not a quick witted person. Mm-hmm. So really I probably should spend like an entire week trying to think of deeply what I want to be thankful for this coming <laughs> podcast. Um, and that might be more efficient or better. I don't know. Um, because I'm not quick 
in responding. I take a lot of time to just to think, I guess, before I respond. Um, and that has played out really well mm-hmm. a lot of times in life because mm-hmm. I go through a lot of conversations and after I process the conversation because it's ended, I think of all kinds of things I should have said. Yes. And almost always those things I should have said are not actually things I should have said. Right, right. (laughs) Right, Mm -hmm. because they would not have been beneficial to the conversation. Mm -hmm. They are probably very selfish, not very nice things. Mm. So I'm grateful. I guess I'm grateful for my lack of memory. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't have a great memory. Um, And that I'm not quick-witted, because it has saved me, and I'm sure, so many relationships. (laughs) Sure, putting your foot in your mouth or saying things that were hurtful or whatever. right. I just don't have that ability, not because I'm intentional not to do those things. It's because I just don't have the ability to. So people probably think you're just a great listener. They probably (laughs) do. The reality is I'm just really slow. (laughs) Um, And anybody who's heard my um, journey in regards to huddles, you'll know that I am a slow learner. And uh, I'm sure God uses that in some way. I don't know exactly how that plays out, but. Thank God he's full of grace. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, so, yes, those are things I'm thankful for. I do like thinking of Thanksgiving because we're just past Thanksgiving not that long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a good segue. It is one of my favorite holidays. I always tell my family. Mm-hmm. We do not have Christmas until Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Same so in our house. I do believe it's important to have Thanksgiving and acknowledge and recognize that holiday because it's important. Mm-hmm. Before we go all crazy mm-hmm. because Christmas is very commercialized. Yeah. So it's easy to get sucked into that and not even see the purpose of Christmas. Yeah. There the is a real story. There is a saying and it might sound cliche, but I do think it's true. Um, is that thankfulness or gratitude turns what you have into enough. And going into this holiday season, there's truth to that. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, that we live in a world where we feel like we need more. They would tell you you need more. And when you look through the lens of gratitude, you see what you have instead of what you think you want or need. Yeah. I always thought that was probably the most interesting thing going from Thanksgiving Day <laughs> yes. to Black Friday. Like, it's how ironic. quickly <laughs> we can just flip a switch and go from, thank you, God, for all of these wonderful things. And then the next day be like, I need more. Yes. Right? It's like, true. It is extremely ironic and very Western yes, <laughs> civilization. It is. Um, but anyway, we are here to celebrate and be thankful for the gift of Jesus as we approach Christmas. So we're going to keep that as front and center, um, while also recognizing as we have been in this week that, that Jesus who was born as a baby in a manger with the purpose of saving the world Mm -hmm. went through some pretty horrific things in life. Mm -hmm. Um, and then some pretty amazing things. You know, with the resurrection. And uh, I think the story today actually is, um, I don't know that I've ever paid attention to it before, really. Um, This story? This story that we're going to read today. um, It has similarities to other stories, which I think is maybe why I didn't necessarily put it as a different story. Okay. Um, But it is clearly a different story. Um, And one that I think is, yeah, I think it's pretty cool. So... How about we get into that today? Great. And uh, you said you'd read this one today, right? I'll read. 
Or was I going to read? You were going to read, but I'll, I'll read. I'll, I'll read. read. <laughs> Sorry. No, I'll read. I said I would read. I'm going to read. So I'm going to read. John 21, verse 1 through 14. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish. Simon Peter told them, and they said, We'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, Throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Okay. All right. So what stood out to you as you read this? You mentioned earlier you like The Chosen. Yeah. And I always imagine this scene in The Chosen. I don't know if you've seen this one, but um, Jesus is standing on the shore, obviously, as the tells in scripture and he asks haven't you any fish so i always picture this and specifically i love the scene where peter it says peter um, as soon as simon peter heard him say it is the lord he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and jumped into the water and the way he did it in the chosen is always in my brain like just headlong right he knew who it was he had to get to him which is amazing and you know, when I read this and I hear Jesus ask, um, haven't you any fish? I I imagine if I was there, I would have thought he was being facetious. Like, right. seriously. Sarcastic. Right. Jerk. <laughs> Can't you see <laughs> that I don't have any fish? And now that I know you're Jesus, I know you know that we don't have right, no fish. So right. why are you asking? This <laughs> <laughs> <It's> harsh. <laughs> but I don't think they took it that way at no. all, actually. And... Instead, they just simply did what he told them to do and were blessed as a result with right. this net full of fish. So um, how different I am, I guess, in my human. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think you're right. I would have been like the same way if he would have asked that question. Like, come on. Mm-hmm. Like, really? No, of course we haven't. Thank you for rubbing it in. I appreciate it. <laughs> Did you really um, just ask me that question? Right. Like, seriously, you're Jesus. You know. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I think. And as you mentioned, like how Peter just like jumps in headlong like he's mm-hmm. just all in mm-hmm. um as i was talking about with my girls <laughs> as i was reading this and they were asking like oh what's the story is about blah 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 we're talking and i was at this point and i'm like <laughs> like i just 
I'm blown away by what appears to be, I, I, I don't know, this story. And then on day one, hmm. when Peter and John run to the tomb, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And John gets there. And he stays back. Mm-hmm. Peter is like all in. Like mm-hmm. I'm running into that tomb. Yep. Reckless abandon. That man will go anywhere. Yes. Like he is just going to, he just dies right in. Mm-hmm. John, more reserved. He went into the tomb after mm-hmm. Peter did. Like mm-hmm. you go first, dude. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure there's nothing like creepy in there. And then. I'll go in. Sure. Um, more hesitant. And so, again, I think we see the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, Peter yep. is, his character, I love that John, in his writing, brings out, I think, Peter's character mm-hmm. so vividly. Yep. As to what kind of person Peter was. Mm-hmm. Like, I just love it. And I love knowing the character mm-hmm. of Peter. Mm-hmm. And seeing the contrast of that, especially with John. Right. You know, again, the beloved disciple <laughs> let's not forget right um that john was the one that was most loved um but i love i guess i just love seeing how they are two different people hmm. that's a great point right? i hadn't really noticed or thought of that but you're absolutely right and i think we all probably know both types of people yeah. the more quiet and reserved and the ones that live with reckless abandon and neither is wrong Right. But just how they're both experience, uh, both of the disciples being that way are experiencing Jesus differently. Right. And yet he's showing up to both of them and they're both experiencing them, yeah. um, him in those ways, you know. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. a great point. And of course, this is having a conversation with, I think, my two most opposite girls. <laughs> and one is a Peter mm-hmm. and one is a John. <laughs> right. Like, so I look at that and I'm like, how interesting uh-huh right like i and like you said like jesus meets them each where they're at mm-hmm. um he challenges them both with where they're at mm-hmm. um but i i guess i just love like the characters of the people that jesus interacted with and how the writers write about them and how it's easy then to look at that and say you're right like Peter wasn't wrong for running into the tomb. Mm-hmm. I might think he's crazy. <laughs> I might be the John that wants to like, right? you check it out first, dude. I'll come in after you. Right. Um, a little bit more timid. Sure. And that's not a wrong position. Mm-hmm. And neither is Peter's like the reckless abandon, you know? And sometimes I think, um, at least even when I was talking to my girls, like that, you ha- we have to sometimes look at each other mm-hmm. in light of, how God created that person to be. Absolutely. You know, we were talking about the thankfulness thing ahead of time. And you're saying, you're like, you know what? I feel like sometimes we have to acknowledge, like there's people who are just wired Mm -hmm. to think a certain way, Mm -hmm. um, to respond a certain way. And we're not all like that. Right. And with good intention. Mm -hmm. Like God created us all differently, Mm -hmm. uniquely so. and we need that's, each other. Right, because that's what mm-hmm. builds up the body of Christ. Absolutely. Right? When we can look at each other and say, you know what? Andrea has amazing gifts in this area. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful that she's here. Mm-hmm. Now, I may not put her on a different team. Sure, <laughs> sure. But that's okay because we don't need Andrea there because we have 
Kim there, mm-hmm. whatever it is, like that to me is when we see the body of Christ mm-hmm. recognizing one another. Mm-hmm. And spurring one another on in faith, yes. too, as we experience life. I've had that where I have friends that think so differently than me, and I mm-hmm. love that because mm-hmm. they're not afraid to challenge me in love and right. also give me a different perspective. And right. that's so valuable. And just here, same thing. You have two different right. disciples approaching things so differently, yet they both know that when Jesus shows up, change like the scene changes. Right. In this case, all the fish, right? Right. But um, ultimately, it's about spurring one another onto his presence, being with him, and knowing that that is where we are changed. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it did. It required the responsible ones to stay with the boat to bring the fish in. Otherwise, they would. If they would have all jumped out and got out of the boat, they wouldn't have had 153 big big That's fish. That's a very good point. So it required some of them staying behind. Right. That's <laughs> so, a good point. Yeah. Um, anything else stand out to you in this story? Um, just that again, he shows up, and he decides. Um, how he's going to show up, obviously, but at his word, in his presence, he makes the ordinary day or scene suddenly extraordinary because he spoke, because he shows up and does something. And that's exciting to me. Um, again, mm-hmm. that, that thread of the week of things change when he shows up and um, by his great grace, he does. Yeah. Um, what about you? Yeah. One thing that it just kind of, I don't, I don't, I don't know why it's there. I still haven't figured it out necessarily. It's got to have purpose. Uh, but in verse 12, Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. That I get. He invites them. But then why does John write this? He says, none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Hmm. Like, so I like in my somewhat try to deep think moments, I almost wonder, because then it says, you know, they had breakfast, and then at the end it says, this was now the third time mm-hmm. Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Right. And I wonder the significance of, first of all, that it is the third time mm-hmm. that he shows up to them, and it's also the point in which John's acknowledging that they did not have to ask. Mm-hmm. Dared not this? ask. They dared not ask. Is it a respect, a, a matter of respect but why would they at that a- point, but it, maybe? But why would they ask mm-hmm. if they knew it was him? Right. So that's why I, I somewhat wonder, like, the wording of that. Maybe it's, I don't know. But I also think I looked at it in multiple versions, and they all kind of word it the exact same way. So it's not like a translation thing, I don't think. Would it be seen as testing him at that point? Because he'd already shown up to them twice. And if they continue to ask, when is it a lack of faith or that they're testing him? Maybe. That's, I don't know. I don't know either. I just find it interesting. Like, well, if they knew he was the Lord. Right. Like, if you knew this was Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. Mm -hmm. Like, why would you even question whether or not you would ask a question about who that is? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause you pretty clearly believe that's who he is. Right. But you had to write it in there, but you had to write it in there. <laughs> so I don't know. I just wonder if like, like, so it's the third time. And again, it, I feel like there's evidence that is so reassuring to me mm-hmm. that it's a process. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like John noted that he saw and believed. Mm-hmm. So he saw the resurrection. Jesus wasn't there. Mm-hmm. He believed. Mm-hmm. He didn't even need to see Jesus. Right. Just to see that he wasn't there in the tomb. Mm-hmm. He saw and believed. Um, Unlike Peter. <laughs> right. Or, or and Thomas. Thomas. That's what I meant, Thomas. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, even, it doesn't even mention Peter necessarily believing at that moment that right. Jesus was who he was, right? Mm-hmm. At that first encounter. So maybe at the second count encounter, Peter did. Mm. But I just wonder if like, it's to show a sequence on that journey, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's all different stages mm-hmm. along the journey with Jesus. Um, you know, some are going to believe immediately. They don't need a whole lot of questions answered. It's mm-hmm. just, they just believe. Mm-hmm. Some might require a little bit more evidence. Mm-hmm. Prove it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at like at this third time now, they've seen him now for the third time. Mm-hmm. And then it became very clear that, okay, like there's no excuse at this point, right? right? Like, don't dare ask me because, but I don't even know that that's the sense of the question. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, it just kind of struck me like as a weird statement, like, well, of course they wouldn't dare ask because they already knew. You just said, right? Like, you said they knew. Why would they ask? Right. I don't get it. Like, again, these are things about John and his writing that make me question. Uh huh. I don't understand you, John. Right. Um. So yeah, I just kind of wondered. Like, I think I had. I wonder if that was a nod to doubting Thomas. Like, so now it's the third time, and Thomas is here. Mm-hmm. Not all of them are listed here, but Thomas is, and right. he was the one that quote-unquote doubted yeah i think it's cool to see him show up in different ways too oh yeah mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah this naturally really, on the shore yeah this is now. a really practical way too when you consider that this was their livelihood yeah and he showed up for them by um exceeding their expectation and showing up in ways they didn't expect obviously at that point of mm-hmm. the day <laughs> right yeah and i think that was one of the things that i came across too like it's interesting that you know, this is like what, this is the third time, but I feel like it's like, so the first time he showed up to him was in the um, upper room, basically when they were locked well, in that room as the disciple group. And the second time Thomas was there and, before, and this is the third time, but there's like seven or eight days in between each one. So mm-hmm. it was like the next week that he saw Thomas, right? So the first day it was well, with Mary, Mary and the women mm-hmm. and then Peter and John at the tomb. Mm-hmm. But that night he came to them all right. in that locked room. Right. Then, I think it was like seven or eight days later. It was the next A week later, day. it says. Uh-huh. They were then the- they were in that room again. Right. And Thomas was mm-hmm. there and he proved himself to them again. Yes. But all week long, where was Jesus? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But he had not been with them for right. that whole week. And then, again, proved himself to Thomas. And then, again, here we have, like, another week. Right. And hmm. he shows up to them again. So I don't know what Jesus is doing during the work week. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> these boys are going back to work. Right. Which I find interesting. It is. Because he already said, I'm going to send you. Mm-hmm. He already gave them the Holy Spirit. He breathed on them and gave them the Holy Spirit in mm-hmm. that first upper room mm-hmm. meeting again after mm-hmm. his resurrection. Mm-hmm. So... To me, I guess I find there's there's grace in the journey. Mm. Like you don't have to be saved and then become a missionary, mm. right? right? Like that it's not 
actually biblical, right? Like these guys actually went back to work because they were probably like, all right, well, we saw Jesus. Mm-hmm. Where'd he go? It's a walk. What are of, we doing? Yeah. I guess we'll go back to fishing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what we're going to do. He didn't really tell us what to do yet. Right. What are we going to do? This is what I know how to do. I'm going to go this fishing. This is where I, I was when he called me last. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. You know, I just find it. So I guess that's where I'm like, I think there's more grace, as you mentioned, to continue the grace story. I think there's more grace that Jesus has mm-hmm. in so many ways mm-hmm. for us mm-hmm. um, as we journey with him. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I feel like there's sometimes pressure to be at a certain point mm-hmm. um, doing certain things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just feel like this is, to me, it's a demonstration of grace. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like he said, there wasn't like five days in a row, this is what you're going to do and now go. Right. It was like, there was time in between where we have no idea. Right. It's a good reminder too, for people who have had faith for a long time mm-hmm. and, um, you know, who have walked with Jesus longer to allow him to teach them and those who are younger in their faith and how we're all at work, but right. um, that's a good point. You know, how we're, it's, it's a process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a journey. Mm-hmm. And there's some days, like apparently, there's like six days in between those seven days mm-hmm. that we don't know. According right. to John, we know nothing right, about what happened between those seven days. Mm-hmm. Now, there might be other stories in the Gospels that say what Jesus was doing. Maybe he appeared to other people because I know he appeared to a lot of people. But in regards to his relationship with the disciples, mm-hmm. yeah. it was like a couple nights. Right. And or then more, this, yeah. this lunchtime breakfast, <laughs> breakfast for fish. Um, yeah, I, I guess I just, I, I liked seeing that, like just paying close attention to that timing of it. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes my mind goes like I'm saved and then I do this. Like, sure. it seems like there's this once and done, mm-hmm. but yet not a once and done. Mm-hmm. And I, this is, it's reassuring that, you know what? It's a right. process. It's a journey. Frank's grandfather who died in his eighties said when he was near the end of his life, he said, you know, finally feel like I'm just about getting it when it comes to this walk with Jesus. And he had been a Christian forever. And he said, and I'm on my way out. But doesn't that speak to the journey when it is such a process of refining and God's grace and patience to bear with Mm -hmm. us as we learn um, and become more like him and um, yeah, a lifetime. Yeah. I feel like there's big words, right? We have justification, which is a once and done Mm-hmm. Salvation justification, that's a, a now. Right. Right? It only happens once. Mm-hmm. Justification. Right. But sanctification, sanctification. <laughs> is the lifelong walking right. and journey mm-hmm. with Jesus. Right? Like, so yeah, you're right. Like, I feel like I'm going to get to that point too. I'm going to be like, all right. <laughs> I think I might actually kind of have this down now that I'm. <laughs> on my way out. On my way out. <laughs> I hope to have it somewhat figured out. <laughs> Sure. By then. It's my hope. <laughs> I think you're well on your way. Ah, I don't know, some days. But um, I do appreciate the grace in that, that, you know, it wasn't Jesus showing up seven days in a row mm-hmm. and then leaving them. Mm-hmm. It was like he showed up, he left, he showed up, he left, mm-hmm. he showed up. Like, it's, you know, come weaving in and out, I guess, mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. thinking, mm-hmm. you know, showing up when he needs to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I got nothing else. 
Anything you got? No. Nope. All I right. That sums it up for the day. Awesome. We got one more day to go. Okay. So we will be back tomorrow. Have a great Thursday. See ya. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.